Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to interview researchers from both academia and industry about their work, thoughts, spectrum, and more beyond that. This is Marwa Edwini, and I hope you will find this podcast useful. If you would like to connect with us, simply send us, and we will be happy to hear from you. And here is my interview. Thanks. I would like to ask you first how you would like to introduce and define yourself uh, for the audience who first time listening to you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, uh, I would say that I, anyone to define themselves, it's a little bit hard, I guess, but uh, yeah. I'm, in a few words, um, I would say I'm a human rights lawyer mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a tech learner. I would also say that as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm based in Geneva, Switzerland, and yes. I work in, in human rights around the world. Mm-hmm. So, but over, I'd say before any of that, I'm a human being, I'm a human member of the human species. Yeah. Um, so on the species level, um, mm-hmm. and I'm a family member also, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, um, and I'm a big reader. And that's, that's probably enough to start with. <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. So we always ask us podcast about the childhood. I'm curious about your childhood. Right. How was your childhood? Yeah. Um, I think that I saw that question. I think that's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, what a great question. Um, I would say that it was uh, filled with books. Um, yeah. From a really early age, I was reading a lot, and never really stopped. Um, so I was always uh, really always like from I think very early on interested in learning and reading and um my my childhood was I would say also um uh a bit I mean on the strict side I would say like you know my family we didn't have so much access to tv all the time you know Mm -hmm. and um we had we ate really healthy food like no you know there were long times where we didn't eat white sugar and my family was kind of like in this health food craze back in the 70s um but now those things are kind of also coming back around like you know um so yeah i would say it was um filled with curiosity and uh mm-hmm. books and um kind of on the healthy side and um also i was outside a lot like all the time i was really lucky mm-hmm. i could always be outside in nature and um have access to like trees and you know, mm-hmm. really connect with nature a lot, which is a blessing. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what kind of reading or books inspired you as a child? What kind of books? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I read a lot of different things. I had a big family. I still do. Um, and so I kind of got whatever books were around from everybody uh, being on the younger side of that. And mm-hmm. um, uh really a lot like anything fiction nonfiction, mm-hmm. um just a, a lot of different things but um one of the things that I remember really well is like reading biographies of um women mm-hmm. uh, there were there were a few special books that I loved um uh which I would also encourage young girls to read like biographies of, of women and one was about Marie Curie um, written by her daughter, uh, Eve. And, um, I was fascinated by her life as a scientist and as a woman. 
um, you know, in her particular political situation and like her whole story. Um, so there were several biographies of, of uh, yeah. really interesting women that I remember reading as a as a girl. Wonderful, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. yeah, I'm curious about how you got interested in being a human rights lawyer. And you are the founder of Rights Tech Woman, but how yeah. did you first yeah. of all get interested that I want to be a human rights lawyer? How you get to that? Yeah, I got to that because I um, I was actually studying literature before that. And I started studying post-colonial theory. Um, mm. So, you know, learning about structures that had been in place around the world, um, you know, for centuries. And uh, then I decided to go into this, uh, instead of being in a, in a, say, ivory tower, just reading good books all day, I was like, let me get more involved and mm. get into international law. Um, uh, although there's nothing wrong with being to Howard probably and reading good books all day, but um, uh, <laughs> but I thought I should study law and in particular international law. Um, so I really wanted to learn more about um, decolonization and international law and um, kind of that's why I went to law school was really to study international law. And then within international law, human rights is kind of a part of international law. So. I kind of just gravitated towards the human rights courses and uh, the internships and and everything because I just I don't know I connected with it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just something yeah. something about it uh, called me. I guess I don't know. It's yeah. a little bit like that. Interesting. Yeah. So if you can tell us the audience what actual human rights is before going any details, what yeah. is human rights is? Yeah. Um, Human rights, pe people like to say it's, there's something you have just because you're human. Uh, mm. You know, it's it's not something that you have to necessarily like earn or, you know, um, have given to you. It's like, by the very fact that you're human, um, you, you are entitled to uh, these rights and freedoms. Um, so mm. people would say there, it's a collection of like rights and freedoms. I know it uses the same term in the definition rights, but it's a collection of rights and, and freedoms um, of things that really talk about your experience in the world. So it's like how you should be treated as a human being just because of the fact that you're a human being um, and, uh, and what other people kind of have to do and also cannot do when they interact with you, when they treat you a certain way. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a set set of rights and entitlements that you have because you're human, everyone has them, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. Um, and ultimately the, 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 the things that are, the, the entity most responsible for making sure that you enjoy those rights is the government. Um, so when it comes down to it, they're, the, they're ultimately the, the in, our, in the way we have in our international law system today. The government is the one who is um, ultimately responsible for how people are getting treated uh you know are they getting treated to this certain minimum level of, of treatment and are they getting the freedoms that they that they're entitled to that they were born with um yeah. because they're human so and it, it has another thing about you know another part important part of that is the fact that everybody deserves them equally you know it doesn't matter where you are your, your sex your uh you know your nationality your uh you know, your disability, whether you come from indigenous heritage, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or any other status, like based on the very fact that you're a human, you all have the same rights. We all have the same rights. So what I love mm -hmm. is, is helping people connect with their rights 
and find out exactly what those are like in more detail and um, and know what they are, what they look like, where they're written down. It's kind of helpful to know everyone uh, where are these things written down. How do I access these rights? Um, and what do I do if it's not being respected? How do I uh, go about, you know, going through a process somewhere to, to change things? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So something people have because they're human is the short answer. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah. great a great answer. But maybe quick question here: How far we are from what you define? Do you think? Yeah. yeah of course, we still. But if you, as a lawyer, and you see that, how far yes. we are from that? Oh, right. Um, that's a great question. Um, we are a species in progress, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, every country has. Uh, things that it can do better, like literally every country in the world. Um, there's no country that has it perfect. Um, uh, so we're, we have quite some distance to go to make sure that everybody enjoys the same level of rights everywhere. Um, even in one country, you can pick any country and literally there are problems there for sure. Um, yeah. But obviously there's more distance to go you know, in some countries on some issues as compared to other countries. Um, but one thing that I'm so excited about doing, for example, with my organization is helping people learn from practices, learn from data, and hopefully not reinvent the wheel uh, over and over. Um, you know, so that if, if somebody has solved a particular human rights problem mm -hmm. somewhere else, maybe we can all learn from that and see how could, we, how could we come up with a, a solution that would work in another context um, to deal with that same type of uh, type of problem that's come up before? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, um, we are we are very far, but I'm encouraged, and I yeah. will always be optimistic. No matter what kind of news you read, how bad it is, <laughs> what's happening, and uh, certainly, I do think we're at a moment in time where. There's a lot happening, but it's it's actually been this way for a long time. Um, you know, in different countries around the world, we have so many big problems, right? But um, frankly, it's not new. We're, you know, this is not like a surprise to human rights lawyers that we're kind of where we are today. Um, things have, have been going in a way for for a while that have yeah. not always been a good way. <laughs> so um, uh, there's a lot to do. Basically, mm -hmm. we have so much to do, but yeah. We have we have better tools than ever uh, today to help address those problems, and um, and we've learned a lot. So you know, if we can just get people interested in the same questions, talking about the same problems, mm -hmm. and learning from each other, um, you know, we can uh, basically have the conversations that we need to have, and start getting the resources where we need to get them um, to to make yeah. those changes. But we have to also find out from everybody who's in that situation. Like we have to learn from the people who are experiencing, you know, dramatic differences mm -hmm. in their treatment. You know, we have to learn from them to find out what do they need, you know, because mm -hmm. they're the best, they're the best ones to know uh, what they need and what is not working. But what where we can help them is by helping give them information about what it should look like or what it can look like when somebody mm -hmm. else solves this problem. So um yeah, basically, I just really want to put people together and have them 
help yeah. people who need changes made get information that they need and help them get in touch with other people who can help them make those changes. Mm -hmm. I think we're, we can be one of them, but also not, certainly not the only, and, um, and then help people talk with their governments also about, um, you know, how can we uh, make progress basically on the issues that we identify based on international standards. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a lot to do. But yeah, I'm ready. I appreciate your um, yeah. answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I like yeah. that. Yeah. But maybe I'm curious about. I think I think you, your search is interesting because how how you came interested in STEM as you work in as an international here uh, in, yeah. in rights lawyer. I think it's interesting right. in STEM. Why? So many reasons. Um, uh, but I first became interested in this intersection between human rights and technology. Um, from a work point of view, um, because I actually started to work in a project where I was helping um, people who were human rights defenders um, learn about some technology tools um, that they could use in their work um, to make their work more productive and um, more efficient and um, to report on violations that were so widespread that they needed a big database to uh, actually keep track of those type of violations. Um, uh, so I started working in this project to um, help get them training. So it was this, it was this intersection of um, tech and human rights, um, but actually also getting people training on like information security and um, you know what do you, what do you do when the government breaks into your office and steals your computers? Um, you know, if you're a human rights organization, um, you know, human rights defenders are facing a lot of challenges daily around the mm -hmm. world. Um, and there are people who are starting to work at this area of like, how can we, I don't know, how can we help them make their work better and, and safer? Um, so actually, that's how I kind of first got into it. But then I, I decided um, to do this project um, because um, I had also been working on gender for years and I was like thinking about how much I wanted to work on gender for the next sort of big chapter in my work. And um, I was thinking what could be where I could make the most difference for women, I hope around the world where, you know, um, what could be like the single most topic where I could have the most impact to change women's situation for the better. And I came to the conclusion after I thought about it for a really long time actually um, but I concluded that actually for women, education and employment in STEM could be where I could make the most impact, I hoped, and I still hope. Um, why? Because, um, you know, women have faced so many challenges around the world, um, uh, you know, which I've, I've had the pleasure to work with women from literally all around the globe and hear about their situations. Um, and you know, for different reasons, I think that helping women to get more access to um, tech training, um, it can help women get access to uh, education and jobs and also give them tools to, to be able to use to um, stand up for their own rights. So I, I kind of, I concluded like, oh, I wanna work at this intersection of like training girls and women on technology, you know, and STEM, mm -hmm. uh, but also on human rights education. So I was like, if we put those together, I think this will be um, where we can affect the lives, I hope, of a lot of, of girls and women so that they can 
get access to the jobs that are there today. I mean, it's already, you know, the, the workplace has already changed so much. Yep. Um, and, uh, and help them get access to the jobs of tomorrow for sure. You know, because there are all these studies about, you know, all you know, the jobs that are going to be in the future, like all oh, 68, 70% of them haven't been created yet. You know, we don't know what those jobs are even going to be. Tech is changing so much, you know. Um, so really the workplace is changing. And because of the fact that women are so underrepresented still, even mm -hmm. in the countries where we think it's all, it might be better, it's not. Uh, that was something else that we learned. Um, it's actually a global problem, like underrepresentation of, of women in STEM. Uh, there, is, there, there is something to improve everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so um, for those reasons, I was like, let's, let's bring together uh, human rights and tech education for mm -hmm. girls and women. And um, based on data, we picked a bunch of countries that we want to work in um, based on different um, criteria. But um, I'm excited because I think that if we together build this network of women uh, who are empowered on you know, using tech and also about their own rights, um, I think this can be a really good agent for change um, mm -hmm. you know, to help. It's like self, it's a good, it's a positive, it's a virtuous circle. You know, like I think if the more women we get um, interested in tech education and then also about their rights, it's like, I think that this will help them get other women, you know, uh, empowered and be able to have access yeah. to what, what they need. Um, yeah. yeah. I already like this point, but maybe you can go for this point again. But before that, uh, how is it easy for you to found rights to women? I'm curious about the challenges to start something and what kind of yeah. challenge yeah. you face at the beginning to start this organization? Yeah. I faced <laughs> um, definitely all the challenges that anybody faces in any startup. Mm -hmm. um, I think sort of rather, uh, I am optimistic as I, as I said, but uh, you know, I think maybe I thought it would be a bit quicker in some ways and you know, oh, okay, it's actually everything to do. Um, but uh, so I think one of the challenges, um, there are a few key things to, to, to take care of, obviously, like mm -hmm. deciding what you wanna do, your mission, you know, what is it you're really trying to change? Um, for us, we're trying to change um, women and girls in education and employment by, by 2030. That's what we have come to yeah. conclude. But um, so it's figuring out what you want to do, also figuring out what you don't want to do, um, ruling things out. Like, you know, we're not going to be the NGO that helps get girls into school. Uh, we can't, we're not going to do everything basically. Like there are other NGOs that work on that. So um, we're going to probably focus more with girls who are already attending school, for example. Um, uh, but um, so, and, and also seeing seeing what's out there and where, where you can add value, right? As people mm -hmm. say. Um, so we, uh, it's like figuring out your mission, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, building a team. Uh, that's super fun, though. Actually, you can you know you meet people and um, you find people who are just as passionate about you. Mm -hmm. I've been so lucky to have this amazing uh, team that I've put together, also with the help of other people who come in. So um, building a team, I'd say it's a challenge, but I'm, I've been lucky. Um, uh, funding, uh, <laughs> critical issue to anybody. Yeah. Uh, at, at this stage now, um, uh, we are looking for the, the funding that'll help us do the, the, the project for the next years. 
Um, so that's a big issue, especially in the current climate, it's a bit tricky. Um, so we're always looking for partnerships um, that'll help us do that. Um, and I would say just starting, like just not being afraid to jump in. Uh, you know, you can kind of can kind of plan and make lists and think about it, but like, you know, you're like, oh, should I do this? Am I ready? You know, I think just going for it and literally starting is like uh, yeah. important for the whole startup mentality. So you kind of have to let go of like, oh, we'll do this thing until it's perfect and then it's, it will be perfect and then we will move on and do the next thing, you know, and it will be perfect. Like that just doesn't happen that same way. Like, yes, you have a good high level of quality that everyone needs to reach for things, but um, with limited resources to cover everything that you really need to do in starting a whole organization, there's, there's a lot to do. So I think if you're, if someone's out there thinking about founding something, I would say to you, you know, yes, go for it. Um, do yeah. think about it, but um, uh, just start. <laughs> That's also yeah. a challenge um, and continue. Yeah. Uh, so to, I would say just start and don't stop. Those are two very important things. Very basic, but uh, yeah. don't give up. So just yeah. start someday and then just don't quit. So that's where I am right now anyway. <laughs> that's very, very inspiring. But maybe here's the question, Ellen, uh, some people could argue about, okay, we, we know that we have an issue for women or underrepresented in general. And of course, it, it, it's, as you say, that it's different from country to country and still, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of work to do. But maybe I'm curious to ask you, what could be missing for, for yeah, this kind of research or like outreach? Because we know, fat fact that still we have this unconscious bias for, towards women. And sometimes I, I know some story, I'm not making again a sweeping generalization, but some people face like this kind of bullying or unconscious yeah. bias. And it's still, it's just kind of ingrained in, in, in some, and sometimes even women towards women, they have this kind of action, not only opposite gender, but yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not really expert as you. And that's why I'm asking you, what do you think is still lacking? Is this an education, yeah. education, for example? I, I, would, yeah, I would disagree and say you probably are more of an expert than me since you are a woman who's been working yeah. in that field. Um, but, uh, but I think we really need to learn from people's experiences and kind of find out um, what's happening and what works. Um, mm. and, and I hope basically just find ways to, um, to share information between organizations and between countries um, and start to consider this as a human rights issue. Um, I think that um, where we might be lacking on some information is like um, a basic understanding that you, you kind of refer to about um, in the workplace, you know, uh, what does it mean when someone, you know, says this type of bullying thing or, you know, this type of harassment. Um, I think what's what might be missing and where I hope to really fill the gap is um, uh, by um, educating people, um, they, they don't start from scratch. Everyone knows something about their own rights to start with, but um, uh, you know, talking with people to educate them more about which actual like human rights are involved, like which rights are we talking about that are at issue here and, and just help everybody in the workplace have a better understanding of those rights um, and what they should look like when it goes well. You know, I think, I think that might be part of what's missing is like, um, a shared understanding of like, where are we trying to go from here? You know, where are we now? And like, I think that's, I think we're actually missing a shared understanding of that as well. Uh, you know, from the point of view of different different people, um, maybe in the workplace, but, um, and like you say, not only, not only men, 
um, uh, you know, I heard interesting talk about that from a, um, a scientist um, at, at an event at the UN uh, not mm -hmm. long ago who was talking about that. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's yeah. I think we're, where resources seem limited to women, mm -hmm. it changes the environment. You know, and even if even if there's just the perception that resources are limited, um, it can change how people feel like they need to behave in certain environments. Um, you know, but uh, I really think that we'll. I hope we can help by just talking with people and getting their stories out there, and just also finding out what was done to change that. You know, and how did what you know what was the step that was taken, um, even on a very small level. Like what are what are small things that people can take as steps um, to 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 uh, transform something that might be conflict into, you know, a better situation that's like healthier for everybody. Um, yeah. And I think that, yeah, getting like, I really want to know what the problems are, but on, on a big level and, and a, on a very granular level um, so that yeah. we can like get information to people and, and I hope give them new options, like give them new choices to take um, in the workplace. So that's where I would start, but yeah, I think, um, I would say human rights-based research on, uh, you know, on women, on women's situations in STEM employment, mm -hmm. for example, um, like take it, that's something I think we are adding is like looking at this as like, you know, there are all these, um, there are all these initiatives that are really amazing around the world about getting girls into coding, getting women into science, you know, uh, there are so many things like this, which are great. And I think that where we can, I hope help is like by also adding vocabulary about human rights. Mm -hmm. Being like, yes, we are talking about equality when we're talking about getting girls to code and making sure they can get jobs. But like, let's also talk about the fact that it's literally a human right to get you know the access to education. And also that science education is a part of your right to education. Um, I think we're missing a lot of vocabulary in uh, the discussions that are happening so far. But um, what, I, what I'm just really enjoying doing now is like, I hope giving the different sides the, the tools that the other sides need. So like the human rights side can use so many tools from, from tech, you know, and I think that the tech side and the, and the STEM employment side, you know, I think they could also similarly use some tools from the human rights side. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty exciting. It's it's uh, it's a different way to approach it, like from a human rights point of view. But to, mm -hmm. to say that women's women's representation in STEM education and employment, it's not only about you're having the right to get jobs in the future, but it's also mm -hmm. literally it's like part of your rights. And I think that whereas girls and women in so many places might have been told that it's not a space for them, you know. Uh, you know, it's a matter of like changing the perception of really everyone involved um, yeah. to under, yeah. to make people understand that as a matter of human rights, it is actually, it's everyone's space. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's also, it's also my space. I mean, uh, you know, it's everybody's space. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really think this point, I'm also maybe here with a question about uh, maybe the role of education. Do you think the way we educate the kids at early ages, for example, we sometimes like this kind of basic stuff that we need later on in life. And also another interesting aspect about taking risk or starting like a startup, for example, because there's a stereotype that everyone is going in the same direction. There's only one direction. And if you consider 
something outside mainstream, it will be, yeah, not accepted or just scary. Like start, like starting a startup, for example, or being a woman and want to do a new ideas. And sometimes it's just something is still scary to society. I don't know if you have this kind of stores like that or you face something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I was thinking back to when I really very first started this, and um, you there is a lot of you know thing you have the you have the possibility to be scared about a lot of things because you're like, is this going to work? Should I do this? I don't know. You know, what if it doesn't work? What if I look stupid? You know, all those things. But I think one of the most helpful things that I have changed and that I kind of learned as I went along in the process is um, uh, start learning, make mistakes and keep going. Mm -hmm. And just like the, 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 the willingness to make mistakes and mess up and uh, keep trying something. I think that's also part of the, you know, the, the, the benefit of scientific thinking that actually, you know, we need to valorize um, and that other people can really learn from, like, you know, taking this idea of like, you experiment, if it doesn't work, you try it again and break it down into smaller pieces and, and then see what didn't work and what did work. And uh, I think that for like solve, solving problems in your life and like starting something new, um, this idea of, uh, you know, just jump in, you're not going to know everything, mm -hmm. make, mess it up, get in, play around, you know, uh, figure out what you are trying to do, see what works and, um, and, and learn from other people also, um, and, uh, get feedback and, um, you know, just keep, keep that learning cycle going. Um, but yeah, yeah there's, there's definitely this, there's sometimes pressure put on people to be like, oh, you shouldn't make mistakes. Or also, even if you're a really good learner or, you know, quote unquote, good learner, like people have all kinds of different learning experiences as, as girls, as boys, as whatever they're categorized, you know, for different, the way they learn. Um, and uh, people can sometimes be afraid to make mistakes, even if they're like, quote unquote, really good in school, you know, because then it's like, oh, I should be really good at this. I look stupid if I make a mistake. I'm supposed to be the really smart one, you know? I don't want to be, I don't want people to see me make a mistake, you know? But like, you know, I think just, uh, yeah, just learning from learning from people in the scientific community about the importance of mistakes and yeah. uh, the help, the helpfulness of mistakes, actually. Um, not to mention yeah. the, the research that people have done on like how your brain literally, you know, responds to um, mistakes, like what, you know, it, mistakes help your brain grow and things like that you know mm -hmm. um yeah so i think just yeah. jumping in and uh overcoming yeah. your your own fear of of messing up and uh yeah just yeah. keep going yeah yeah <laughs> I agree. yeah so we are have a few questions the first one is what's still really challenging for you and right stick woman team still so challenging or roadblocks you still face um I think that um, one thing is it is I I'll have to come back to the basic issue is which is funding, mm -hmm. but <laughs> it's yeah. not the most uh, glamorous issue, but it's important. And when you're in the position of starting a nonprofit, you know you're kind of like this is really part of the job that has to be done, and we all have to do it and and uh, you know figure out how we're going to resource our projects basically. And um, so I'd say getting our our projects funded right now, um, but uh, but we 
are just, we're at the point now where we've done all our research, we've done some pilot project, we know what we wanna do, and now we're like ready to approach partners and, and start that next phase. Um, I, we were lucky actually, because well, um, we already got um, recognized by the International Telecommunications Union. Um, they have this Equals in Tech Awards that they give to uh, organizations who are trying to advance uh, women in tech. And we were a finalist in uh, leadership and technology um, uh, this last year. And uh, I was like amazed because I was like, well, we just started. This is pretty incredible. Um, look what we did with like very few resources. So I'm like, imagine what we can do with resources. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually pretty optimistic because um, I do think what we're doing is something a little bit different to approaching how we can um, help women enjoy better equality in tech. Um, yeah. And I was, I was so happy that that was recognized because like my team worked really hard. You know, they put in volunteer hours and like so many people have actually volunteered. Um, we had between like 50 and 100 people volunteering already um, who just give their time. And that's um, both from anything from like marketing to um, coaching girls in Python, um, yeah. you know, so um, I'm just so grateful that all that work, like not just a, a, our team, but like also the whole volunteers, like everyone got recognized that way. So I'm really proud. Um, but so I guess we have a big challenge, but I'm optimistic uh, because I think we're ready for the next step. So wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just ask you since you have this expertise where innovation comes from when you look to cis kids or girls just where do you see the innovation comes from yeah um, that's it's such an interesting question um uh you know i was thinking about that and i'm thinking um it's it's funny because in some ways i actually go back to being really grateful to every people every all the people who have gone before us you know i'm like oh, you know, our ancestors figured out how to, you know, set a fire, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it must have been pretty difficult for them. Probably people were like, you know, what are you doing? Stop that. Or, you know, that's dangerous. Like, ow, that hurts. It's burning, you know, but like, <laughs> um, you know, I go back and I'm like really grateful to like all of our ancestors really who have gone before us and like taking the trouble to figure something out, you know, that works. And, um, I think now we're in the situation where we're like, let's figure out what we can do for the next generations and like see what we can leave them. You know, hopefully some really good ideas and like hopefully we can leave the world in as good a condition as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a big challenge, like, you know, during our lifetimes. Um, but where does it come from? I mean, it comes with like everything that has gone before and I guess a spark. You know, I don't know where the spark comes from. Uh, the spark to, you know, um, do something a little bit differently. Like, oh, someone was like, I have a stick, I have a rock. Yeah. Let me think about that. And like, you know, whatever, I have two rocks. Let me, you know, whatever they did to make the fire, the first fire, whatever. Someone, someone gets a spark from somewhere and I don't know where that comes from, but um, just maybe, I don't know if it's taking things we already know and just shaking them up in a paper bag and looking at them in, in a new way. Or I don't know if it just comes from I don't know. I don't know where. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm grateful that all the people who have uh, yeah. had all the good ideas they've had. I hope we can just add good ideas. I can't agree more with you. I think we have to think about that. Yeah, deeply. So yeah, thank you for this point. 
And do you, do you think ego is important for you sometimes? Ego. Yeah, you know, um, I I'm not a psychologist, so I wouldn't even know necessarily like the proper definition of ego. But um, I don't know. I think that uh, is ego important. I think if you're something that came to mind when I when I saw, hear that word is. Um, uh, I think sometimes you have to take yourself uh, less seriously, but then I think also other times you need to take yourself more seriously. And I think mm -hmm. it's actually like, I think there's like a coin you could flip like on a certain day, if you're dealing with something and you're getting frustrated, yeah, maybe that's a good time to take yourself less seriously. Be like, is there something I can laugh about? I don't know. But then, it, then again, if you're like, oh, you know, should I do this? I've got this idea. It's kind of different. I don't know. No one's done that. It's weird. We're like training girls how to program yeah. robots and like, and human rights. That's weird. Is like anyone doing that? No. Okay. Should I do that? I think then, um, yeah. but I think, I think sometimes you would take yourself more serious and be like, actually, that's a, it's an idea. It's kind of a good idea. And, and mm -hmm. give your, give your credit, you know, give your idea a little credit and give yourself some credit. Um, mm -hmm. and like, I think the ideas that you write down or you put to the side, um, you know, I think you need to also respect your own ideas sometimes like oh, that's actually uh that's a pretty good idea but then again you can go the other way and like get so wrapped up in your you know your life and your thinking and be like oh this is the most important thing ever you know it's the best thing ever yeah uh, maybe it's not but uh so then i think you need to like i don't know laugh at yourself a little bit i think it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird mix you know if you think about it now just to add like you know if you had like a I don't know if it's like if someone could just hand you a card and you could know which way it should be facing mm -hmm. like oh, should I take myself more seriously right now or less seriously like uh that would be yeah. helpful but anyway no you have to figure that out I guess anyway yeah anyway. <laughs> I think that's very important yeah I can't agree more that yeah then we get about your aspiration in life maybe in terms of yeah right stick woman for example the aspiration yeah. have. right well um uh Thank you for that question. It's really interesting. Um, I think that uh, for I mean, for myself as a person, really, mm -hmm. I think I just, I wanna be a good family member. I wanna do what I can for the next generations, really. I think that right now I really wanna pass on everything I've learned, I hope, um, you know, how I can basically reproduce in an efficient way, the learning that I've been able to get on like how to, how to better protect human rights. Um, so I kind of want to pass all that on and I want to help other people find ways to share their stories and like change mm. the things that they want to change. Um, really it's for me, I just, it's about connecting with, with other people and, and helping them connect with their rights and helping them get what they need to change. Um, I really enjoy that. It's just, it's actually fun you know, mm. in, a, in a, in a way it's sometimes it's kind of, you know, distressing or sad to hear people's situations and you know um people have you know really awful situations in many uh many 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 cases but um yeah basically empowering somebody to like tap into things that they already know and uh give them a little bit more information about like you know a minimum to, to ask for sometimes you know sometimes people just don't know uh what they can ask for and um I love sharing that information to be like, no, actually, you know, at least on based on international standards, like, you know, um, 
it can look like this and you know you shouldn't necessarily ask for less and and also other people might be kind of upset if you ask for less mm -hmm. because they've been trying to get more for a long time so like let's all talk together um yeah yeah but um uh my aspirations i'd say to just to be yeah. happy happy happiness on a day-to-day -day basis that's pretty basic yeah. uh i'm super grateful to be healthy and alive and um this year, that's actually no small potatoes, as the expression goes. You know, yeah. um, so everyone, you know, I would hope I would hope the same for everybody listening to this. When, whenever, and wherever you are, I um, hope this finds you in the same good health and um, uh, and happiness. But um, yeah, on a daily basis, I would say that. And with rights tech, I would say just yeah. taking the next step. Like we're help, basically scaling up. To put it in two words, um, we are at the point to scale up now. So. I am super excited about doing that. If I can mm -hmm. mention one other thing about the, the scaling up we want to do. Um, so far, we've been using um, robots from Poppy Station, mm -hmm. who I also want to mention because they also have put me in touch with you. And um, but so we're a member of uh, Rice Tech Women is a member of the Poppy Station network based in France, mm -hmm. um, which uses the Poppy Ergo Junior robot. Um, and uh, we use the, that robot. Um, and uh, we actually borrowed robots from them. Um, and basically they're educational robots that are open source and um, also open hardware. So like anybody can make them themselves by going to the website at poppystation.org. And, um, uh, and they're robots that have been developed specifically for educational purposes um, so that they work really well in the classroom um, and they can be used either with like the drag and drop programming or uh, with uh, Python um, mm -hmm. and Jupyter notebooks. Um, so we've been using those and we trained already over 400 girls uh, using those robots locally and um, we're hoping to scale up and do more trainings for girls. So we, we, yeah. we basically started training though on uh, robotics, but also when we do these trainings for girls, we do training on human rights as well. So this is, this is what's very different is that we yeah. are bringing these together in the same, we call them hybrid trainings. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of different. It's like training people on, um, on programming and also human rights and like how programming is part of your human rights now. Like it sounds different, but it kind of is because yeah. It's now part of science education and you know to, to have relevant jobs in the future it's like part of the language that it's really helpful to know um so uh basically yeah we're kind of telling girls like go for it you know this is yeah. part of your education it's not like a favor that anybody owes you it's like you should be i hope learning some programming in school because it's going to be really helpful and um and basically how can we help uh, get you that access and like help talk to people and help, you know, basically get people resources that they need um, where they don't have them. So that every, you know, every country can teach programming and mm -hmm. uh, to girls also. But even, even here in Switzerland, for example, one girl came up to me at a training and was like, um, you know, there's a robotics club, but um, my teacher doesn't like me and I can't go. And, and she's like, it's all boys, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm like, give him my number. Here's my <laughs> information. And I'm like, give him this handout right here. And it's like, oh. let's talk about this. So, but you know, yeah, but it's basically there's a lot of work to do, like we were talking about before. But um, uh, you know, this idea that it's like not for girls somehow, 
I think I think we're we really need to change that. Also with robotics, I think, and maybe in particular, but I don't know. You would know yeah. more about that. Yeah, I really but, um, admire what you yeah. do. That uh, oh. yeah, we go like that, and uh, and even for future education, I think that's something very inspiring to combine human rights and robotics. So, yeah, thanks for doing that. Thank you. And, well, thanks for uh, saying that. It's, yeah. a, it's literally fun. The partly this part of the secret is I also get to play with the robots. Uh, so I'm like, don't tell anyone, but this is actually kind of secretly, it's like a, a secret and wide open, but I'm like, I actually get yeah. to keep working in human rights, but I get to learn and like, and, and play yeah. with robots. Um, but uh, so yeah, send yeah. us your robots, we can use them. But um, we want to help set set up our programs for robotics and uh, and girls um, in, in 33 countries that we have selected based on data um, wow. around the world. Um, so, uh, we're super excited to start doing that, but, um, yeah. yeah, so if people want to contact us, they can also reach us if our, our info, it's like info at rightstech.org, um, if anyone wants to reach out to us, but, um, Wonderful. yeah, yeah. But, but we're grateful because actually we had these robots from Poppy Station, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, that's helped us actually start, get started and just, as I said, jump in and even, you yeah. know, basically start trying out our activities and, and seeing what works well, what do we need to learn? Um, and uh, before yeah. we try, before we scale that up. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But we don't, we don't have soft uh, robotics at this point. Oh, um, silly. Yeah. But hopefully we can have something. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> some tutorial for kids, but yeah, I think it would be also fun to have something for soft robotics, but still, yeah, there's some tutorial for kids. Yeah, and so cool. robotics cool. toolkit. It's called by some colleagues. Uh, oh, done. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting indeed. So we have yeah, two questions yeah. left. The okay, first one okay. is, what are the most important quality you have gained? You have moved a lot. You have yeah. And it, I think I, I admire people who are moving around. Yeah, it's not everyone is able to do that, but I think there's a lot of yeah, perks for that and gaining a lot of qualities. If you can tell us what could be the most important quality you have gained. While working, right? Um, moving, yeah. I guess uh, a better attitude towards debugging. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. um, uh, I mean, certainly in the human rights work that I've done, uh, you know, I've had to be really um, persistent um, mm -hmm. working in a multilateral environment, like working at the UN with different countries. Um, uh, that's been wonderful, actually. Like working with colleagues from around the world who, um, who always give me great ideas and make my work better. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess just, I think, I think starting to also think of myself as a tech learner, that was actually a change I made as a, as an adult lawyer. Cause I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like learning programming. I'm like, you know, this is kind of weird. Like, but, uh, but it's actually really fun. And I think that a lot of women would actually be in a good situation if they started to think of themselves as a tech learner. Um, yeah. Because I think that you're not, you're not like born perfect at it. You're not like, you don't have to be the, you know, a certain stereotype of like what a programmer looks like, you know, for necessarily, you know. Um, so I think just a, a mental attitude shift of like accepting that I'm also like a tech learner and tech is actually belongs to me too, you know, just like it belongs to everybody. Um, I think that maybe that might be the most thing like pers like per on a very personal level. Um, but yeah, yeah. The other thing I think is just um, yeah, continuing like uh, yeah. bringing things into smaller pieces and 
I don't know. Um, yeah, that's I'm, a good point. Yeah. 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 And good advice as well. Yeah. And lastly, what was the best advice uh, was given to you and was the life changing you have received? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, I do think the, the, it wasn't actually direct, but literally I'm going to go back to it, but like make mistakes, mm -hmm. um, especially as a, as a founder. Um, but also um, make mistakes and change your mind. Um, also like let people change your mind. Um, I, it's like before doing advocacy, my job was literally to try to change people's minds uh, constantly. Um, and it's interesting to see that um, in a board, you know, working constantly with other professionals who are wonderful. Um, but like they, I always let people change my mind if, if you know, we have a discussion and um, luckily they have better ideas than me sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, getting feedback and um, being open to that and like, uh, yeah, just basically like, you know, taking good group decisions and um, uh, listening. Um, yeah, I think, so I, I guess, yeah, losing some of the fear and uh, keeping your mind open. Yeah, that's really life valuable advice. So I can't tell uh, you, yeah, it's just, I want to say very thank you so much for what you're doing, Ellen. I think you're oh. an inspiring human being. And what Gosh. you do at your right sick women with your team, I think that's something we deeply appreciate it. So keep oh, going and uh, thank you. thanks a lot for thank what you, you do. Thank you. I really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. It is thank so much fun and it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you very much. Thank you.